Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are for the midweek Bible study. I once again with Rick Hunter and myself walking through Mark. Uh, we're at an interval passage here, which means not a whole lot of information, but that's pretty good because when we hit chapter 7, we're going to hit one of the rare theological sections of Mark. It's not a story. It is, uh, it's a power encounter of some sort, uh, but it's also, man, it's got some deep some depth to it. So I'll just read quickly and then I'll let you start chapter 7, okay? Uh, Mark 6, 53, when they'd crossed over and landed at Gennesaret and anchored there, as soon as they got out the boat, people recognized Jesus, they cannot get away. They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, in the villages, towns, or countryside, They placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. Um, I'm just going to briefly say this, and I'm going to turn this over to you to take us into chapter 7. I was a young adult, uh, probably in my 20s, I think, yes, when uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, wrote and released Jesus Christ Superstar. Well, that was the sign of Armageddon, you know, Armageddon to a lot of people. And there were protests all over and such. And it was years before I listened to the soundtrack and read much about it. And yeah, I could find a whole lot against that thing. But there was one scene where the people come up and say, touch me, Christ, can you heal me, Christ? See me, Christ, can... And they keep all of these... And it begins to build, and it begins to build. And what started as request becomes assaults. They're the same words, but there's so many coming at him. And eventually he screams, heal yourselves. And it shuts, goes to quiet, then to a song. Well, there's no indication Jesus ever said, heal yourselves. I get that. But I thought that was a valuable scene to teach us life was not easy when you're Jesus. You can't even get away. And that was the first time it dawned on me that when Jesus laid down his life for us, that meant a lot more than the cross. That whole time he was with us, laying down his life for us, laying down, and even now interceding for us. He absolutely laid it down and he didn't pick it back up. Um, So I'm humbled by this and grateful. But I'm going to turn it over to you to take us into to chapter 7. Right. Chapter 7, verse number 1. Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together to him, having come from Jerusalem. Now when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with, de- with defiled, that is, with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless... They washed their hands in a special way, holding the tradition of the elders. 
when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other things which they have received and hold, like the washing of cups, pitchers, copper vases, and couches. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? He answered and said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you, hypocrites, as it is written, The people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You want to stop there and dig in a little bit or keep? Yeah, um, I think that's good. I, I think we can start right there. Go for it. Okay. I'm going to let you lead. Okay. The, uh, <laughs> th- this is, um, I-, I think a lot of what we can gain here will help us to see what's literally happening around us in Christendom. And by Christendom, I'm talking about the whole movement of Christianity and the different churches around it. Um, some are, are there and they're strictly on their way with Jesus and trying to move to Jesus and they're not really concerned about anybody else around them, what they're saying or, or, or doing. Uh, and then some of them um, are, are more orthodox in the way that they approach. And when you um, kind of roll through or roll by an orthodox environment, you, you will know it if you're not used to it because it'll, um, the architecture will, will change a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, what you will see, people, you may see more robed people, you may see more headdress type things, and then um, you will find an ex- extreme forms of um, self-sacrifice or, or self-giving up um, with it, and then a very limited use of anything outside of Old Testament, or I should say First Testament scriptures, um, mm-hmm. you find a lot. And so you, you kind of roll into that. And in this here, um, instantly um, the Pharisees, which was one of the reigning, if not the reigning faction uh, among the Jews, they had a problem. Okay, Jesus, your disciples are not doing what we're doing. They're wrong. We're right. Fix it. <laughs> or, or do what do what we do. That, that's what they're getting at. And then also they were taking things and they were taking things that are spiritual and making them physical rituals as a sign that I've completed this spiritual thing. And one of them here was, was washing hands that he mentions. Um, they had a tradition before they eat or before they do any kind of spiritual service that they would first hold their hands a certain way down mm-hmm. and another one would pour water over them in a certain kind of way and they would wash and let the water drip off a certain kind of way and then they hold their hands up with their fingers and and they wash a certain kind of way and, and repeat certain kind of vows, and then um, they, they could eat in a way that they felt was right with God, in harmony with God, um, with his teaching and showing proper respect to God. And then you had to do this in order to be in relationship with, with God. Yes. Uh, um, 
of course, and then the disciples roll up. Uh, to use our euphemism today, disciples, the disciples roll up. I love the picture. And, and, they're, and they're grabbing for the bread and they're grabbing for the shepherd pie. That you yeah. know. They're grabbing for whatever is around them and say, okay, let's say a prayer. Let's eat. Let's go. Let, let's get, let's get this, this, this thing going on. And they're saying, how do you show you? Your, how do you show your respect and love for God by doing that? This is how you, you do it. And, um, you know, and the disciples, interestingly enough and, and important enough, they, they're, not, they're not willing to roll over. They're not going to say, okay, um, we, you know, we're going to do this. To give you, um, uh, in, in certain faith traditions and ours, if somebody was of another faith tradition and they came one to be a member of the church, well, you got to be baptized. Were you baptized? Yeah, okay, you got to be baptized again. Uh, and now two things about baptism, it, not just the baptism, but then there's another part of it is you have to believe a certain thing that baptism does in this water. So there's two parts of this that normally we, we talk about in one umbrella, mm-hmm. which you shouldn't do because one of baptism act and then what needs, needs to happen. And, um, and just as you have mentioned in some of your, your studies that, that you may want to go into a, to a minute, that we have numerous books in this tradition that says, okay, this is the pattern that you got to follow. And, and yet when you read through them, you, there's no, there's, there's not there. Yeah. If you have the power to make it a pattern, then you've made it one. But as far as it being there, no, it's not there. And so the disciples were then saying, or the, the, the Pharisees were saying, you, you, you can't be right with God if you're doing it. When we start attacking different churches because they're not practicing a certain kind part of worship or a certain way of worship like we do, we go against what God is doing in this world because the saving power is from God. It's not through a ritual or a, a physical practice, isn't it? But we've made it that so that I can control, you can control, somebody can control who's in and who's out. Right. Okay, that, Differentiate ourselves. Yeah. Yes. And, and that hurts that hurts people being able to be on their journey with God in their life. Yeah, yeah. They get in a journey trying to please this religious affiliation, this thing, only to come to grips down the road that I'm not any better off in my relationship or understanding. I may be some better because Christ can heal all things and forgive me, but I, I don't go anywhere down the road be, because I got tied up in this hand-washing thing and it's really, it's not doing, God, God is not blessing me because I wash my hands, you know. And so I had to get out of that to, to realize that, you know what, I can be appreciative for the food I have. And God blesses me and I can go help some, you know, that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, there, you may be listening to a podcast and in your car and there are kids in a car now looking at each other, wondering about the, the need to wash hands. So let me just go there. It is not that Jesus is not saying we shouldn't wash our hands before we eat. Jesus isn't saying that there is no use for washing hands before you eat. What Jesus is saying is you cannot religiously draw a line between those who are approved by God and those who are not by the way they wash their hands. As you very aptly described, this wasn't a washing of hands for material cleanliness. They didn't know what a germ was. Didn't know what a virus was. Didn't know what a contaminant is. And that, that would be a non-living, uh, you know, it's not a bacteria, not a virus. It might be lead. You know, it might be traces of mercury. 
They didn't know what all that was. And Jews were very clean people. But what happened over time was you had to do it a certain way. Uh, I bring up um, the way we teach our children to pray. Often we make them fold their, uh, grab their hands or fold their hands mm-hmm. and bow their head. Is there anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. But after a while, you find even adults who struggle with praying aloud with their head up and looking to the, mm-hmm. the heavens or the light because we have made praying a certain way the sign of righteousness. The same with eating. You know, we have, um, we have certain rules about saying prayers. And again, all that's good. It's when you make it a test of righteousness that it isn't. And I had a friend who wanted me to come to their church because I was doing it all wrong. And, um, and he didn't put it that bluntly. And, and first of all, thank you. you. You want me to go to heaven. I'm very happy about that. Thank you. I'm glad you want me there. Um, but he said, I said, well, do you believe that I'm a Christian? And he goes, well, yeah, I believe you're saved. And I said, well, what about, and I named other groups. Do you think they're saved? He goes, yeah. I said, but if I have to be a member, want to be a member of your church, I've got to do these things. He said, yes. I said, then why is it harder to get into your church than it is to get into heaven? And that became an awkward conversation, but that's what's happening here. Jesus, you know, the the apostles might very well have washed their hands, but they didn't do it to the satisfaction of the religious people who had made certain rules. And what are our church services but a series of rituals that um, if we don't watch out, we can make them, if you don't do it this way, you're wrong. And our safe harbor goes way out of its way to say, this is the way we're doing it, but that's not the only way to do it. And I think it's because so many of us came out of legalistic or harsh traditions that we just weren't able to, we weren't able to make our way through. Um, But always remember where this is in in Mark. This is important enough. It's mentioned in two other gospels as well. They worship me in vain. Vain to us means somebody who's very conceited about their looks, very proud of their looks or money or something. The word for them is, meant emptiness, to none effect. They're worshiping me, and it's not doing them any good. Does that mean they're lost and bound for hell? No, it just means it's not doing them any good. It's not really helping them draw closer to God. Because it's a lot easier to wash your hands in a certain way than it is to spend time with God. And so we tend to do the easy. We'll do the outer. And he's going to talk about outer. Um, <clears throat> which is pretty cool. But uh, you've let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. What does Matthew say? Um, you have, um, you've, you've, you've done the traditions of men. You teach the traditions of men. Um, do you want to keep reading at verse 9? Um, or unless you had something else you wanted to add. You know, uh, picking up at verse 9, <clears throat> he, said, he said to them, all too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is Corban, that is a gift to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother. 
making the word of God of no effect through your traditions, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. That's just, that's, that's a two before to the head, isn't it? The, in verse 9, to observe your own traditions, in some ancient manuscripts it says to set up or create your own traditions. Um, anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death, but you say... Now, I find this fascinating because it's not the verse I would have quoted. Because uh, he's, he's getting out of um, Exodus 21, I believe. The commandments say, honor your father and mother. And he says that. Um, I wouldn't have put the second one in there. But he is basically saying, if we do not care for our parents, we're cursing them. Um, and I want you, to, want you to hear me on this. I have a mother who is in assisted living and who's under hospice care. Am I caring for her? Yes. I put her in assisted living and under hospice care. That's a sign of caring for her. I'm paying her bills. Uh, actually, it's with her money. I don't want to do an Anis Nias and Sapphira thing here. She saved all of her life. My dad saved all of their life. So we have, we have money for years that they have saved, but I do the physical writing of the checks. I go places... I set up things, but I also stop by. I know some of you can't. You know, your mamas are going to be, you know, in Minnesota, and you live in, in Kansas, and I get that. You know, needs must. But you can always arrange for them to know they're loved somehow. Loving your, and honoring your parents doesn't mean that everything they've ever done is honorable. You know, my, my father was a brutal man, um, he would, he tried to be a good man, but the way he did it was like this. It was in a very brutal way, and he's saved. There's no question. That said, taking care of him the last five years of his life was a bit of a struggle, but I, I insisted upon me doing it because that's my job. Uh, I did not always do it with grace. Outward, always kind. Inside, not. But God worked me through that. I, you honor your parents because they're parents, not because they were good. And I use this illustration. Police officer behind me, light bar goes, I'm pulling over. Why? Because I respect the law, and he is a representative of that law. If he gives me a ticket, I take it. If I think it was a bad ticket, I'll go to court. But I'll take it. I don't fight him. I don't yell at him. I don't curse at him. Because I respect the badge, we put it, uh, in America. Most countries don't have badges. You know, they have a little card or something to hold up. Uh, but I respect that. Am I saying I respect that, that police officer as an individual? I don't know him. Honor your parents doesn't mean, well, they were bad to me, so I, I can ignore this. We honor what they tried. We honored their position they took. And as much as it is possible, I love Romans phrasing on this, as much as it is possible, live in peace with all men. Do what you can. But there will come, if there's a limit, you've tried and they're harsh to you, they're mean to you, they're attacking you, you've done what you could do. You know, it's time to do, as they said two weeks ago, walk away, shake the dust off your feet. But still be available if you can be. So don't, don't hang this about your neck like a heavy yoke. But he's telling them, you have made a tradition to get away from your obligation. Mm -hmm. 
Now, verse 11, you know, it is Corban, and they always define that as devoted to God. And I'm glad to do, because it's kind of like in the Bible, raising your Ebenezer. If you don't know what that is, <laughs> you're going you're to think of Scrooge every time. Um, my mom's in assisted living, like I said. I could easily say, Mom, I've got welcome home tours to do. I'm working for our safe harbor. That's like six jobs and half your church is around the world. So half your church is always awake. I just don't have time. No. That time has to be built in. I have to take care of it. She's a woman of God. Has lived her life a faithful life. Sweet, loving, kind. I wish I was more like her. And now that it's difficult for her, I need to make sure that I'm there for her. But I cannot get away by saying, I'm doing the Lord's work. And that's the thing. Uh, that's, that's what he's talking about. He says, you can't do the Lord's work by ignoring the Lord's commands. So I, I think about this a lot. You nullify the word of God by your tradition. You find a tradition that you say makes you holy and marks you as holy when it actually gets you off and away from your obligation. This, um, the aspect of, of Corbin is, is, to add what you said, is, is interesting in this text because part of what was going on is when they took their resource of whatever that was and gave it, dedicated it to God, which is what it means. It means it no longer had to be used for honoring their parents, yeah. taking care of their parents. And so, okay, so you already know where this is going. All of you who are listening <laughs> to me, you know exactly where this is going. And so it's saying, okay, if I dedicate this as Corbin, that means that it does not have to go to my parents. So I'm not taking mm -hmm. care of them or not to the extent I would. And then when my parents die, then I will take this back. Mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, and, uh, and it was, okay, so we're starting to see now this thing coming up of... Um, this responsibility, as you mentioned, of not God, part of Jesus was like, make sure you take care of other people. Make, make sure you take care of others. Uh, um, and, and always in the Catholic tradition, they call it God's preferential option for the poor. Uh, um, hmm. you, you know, I like that phrase. Yeah, God's preferential option for a poor for, when it deals with that. And, 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 then, and then our tradition, we understand it. You, you know, you always take care of, of widows and children children well we also know that that anybody elder would fall into it. we just those are yeah, I, I don't want to use the word weaker categories because that it's shorthand yeah, yeah. widows and children just shorthand for anybody in need. and so and so that was important because they were trying to get out of something that the lord was calling them to do you make sure you take care of your parents now in certain uh cultures around the world um as parents get older uh, um, another room gets built on or something, a room at, mm -hmm. you know, at the house and those, and they don't go, I mean, because that's their culture. They don't, or they don't have place for the goal. They build them in, they stay part. Everyone has a different one, but you respect them in whatever, in every way that you do. And that's important because out of that, we learn how to take care of others. We see uh, others as a need there. Maybe we need to think, okay, when we, our government does this, what do I still need to do? Or, or what do, how do I see this? Uh, how do I see this in my neighbor? Do, you know, can I help, can I do something with that grass instead of just talking about it for him? You know, or, or whatever it is. 
is the compassion of God is always for others. That's how God is is lifted up. Because at some point in time, as we start giving of ourselves, invariably, God comes up in that conversation somehow, and it's normally not from the person that's doing the giving. It's from the one that's doing the receiving. Mm -hmm. And and that's the whole part of this equation equation here. Uh, You know, unfortunately, the traditions were taking over from um, from the power of God or the wholeness of God or the, the minimalist of, of God of, of making sure that we take care of others, um, you know, which is, um, which is hurtful. And we see that now mm-hmm. with laws that are, that are being, being passed. We're, we're about ready to throw the elders off the boat altogether. Uh, um, I don't know exactly what they think is going to happen, you, you know, with the country, you, you know, um, with this, but... Um, but that whole movement, so we got to think about this not just as a Jesus thing, but as Jesus is movement through life, you know, with us. Um, right. And, and well, and here's an example. Check, go on, check the time. We've got time. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him. And isn't that interesting? He's been trying to get away from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's going, all right, come here. Because he knows what they're being taught. He says, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. By the way, does he have your attention? I mean, he's got my attention. If Jesus says, all right, listen up. Okay? Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. Well, here he's speaking spiritually. But let's let's think about this. Um, There was a discussion in a Bible class that I can remember when I was in my early 20s. And they had talked about how in some cultures, wine is a table drink. And even for children, it's a little watered down, uh, like in France. uh, But the rates of alcoholism are very low because it's not a forbidden thing. It's done in this. Well, our church is completely against that. And the person telling us the story said, if you go to one of our churches, but it's in France you'll find that it's in the communion cup they give you. And one of the preachers there said, if I put that to my lips, put it in my mouth and realize it was wine, I would spit it out and walk out. That little bit of wine's not going to defile you. But that attitude did. The little bit of wine does not make you unholy before the Lord, but the attitude you're carrying around that you will not fellowship these people, you will not, you're better than those people, that will defile you. And I, I wrestled over this because we were taught, we had this whole list of things you couldn't eat or drink. Mm-hmm. And now Jesus is, um, I guess he's getting us ready for Acts and Cornelius because he's saying, mm-hmm. this is good. Now he's not saying, you know, don't try to make this science. He's not saying, If you ingest a bug, you don't get sick. No, no. He's moved this to the spiritual. What attitudes have we swallowed and allowed to grow grow in us? I mean, we have to be taught how to be racist. We're not naturally racist. We have to be taught how to, we don't have to be taught to be selfish. A kid will grab and yell, mine. But many of our attitudes, those that march in the streets calling for the death of all Jews, they were taught mm. that. Nobody's born feeling this way. Mm. It, it's a horror show, really, when you watch this. 
the calling for genocide on any people is. They had to be taught this. So he's letting them know, listen, it's not how you eat and drink. It's not that. It, watch your attitudes. And this verse has convicted me more, more than one time. Um, the, in a, <clears throat> some manuscripts add a verse 16. 16. Uh, you don't have that verse in the NIV. And it's a repetition of um, Mark chapter 4, verse 23. If anyone has ears to hear, yeah, let, him hear. let him hear. So <coughs> that could have been a scribal note that worked its way in. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what I mean by that, you know, I always keep a little notebook of what we've done and such. They say that these were words and the person writing the words writes over here in a little note like behold or, you know, low or better pay attention to this. Sometimes those got incorporated into the text. Now, they never changed the, the root meaning of the text. None of these are an issue of theology. We don't worry about that. Um, but that's why some verses are in and some verses are out. Okay. Uh, he is still, by the way, angry in verse 17 after this. Uh, but I don't want to walk away from 14 and 15 and 16 until you're ready to. Did you have anything there? Okay. Or, um, or do you want to start at verse 17? I, I think we can. Okay. Uh, um, when he had entered the house... Away from the crowd, his disciples asked him concerning the parables. So he said to them, Are you thus without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from outside cannot defile him, because it does not enter his heart, but his stomach, and is eliminated, thus purifying all foods? And he says, What comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For from within, out of out of the heart of the men proceed evil, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. Well, amazing stuff here at, at every level. Um, by the way, in, in NIV verse 19, he says, are you so dull? <laughs> uh, yeah, it is, again, Jesus is being very, very plain here. It's not the food. The food goes to the stomach, then it goes out of the body. It is the attitudes that you're bringing in. And then he gives a, a, a very, fairly comprehensive list. I do want to stress a couple things in the list. Uh, in our contemporary legal terminology... Fornication is sex between two people who are not married. Adultery is sex between two people who are married, but not to each other. That's very simplistic, but that's... In the Bible, one word covers all of that, and that's fornication. Fornia, um, and the NIV likes to put it down as sexual immorality. So any form of sexual immorality. Adultery almost always included sexual immorality, but adultery was the breaking of covenant. You're married to this person. You're having sex with that person. You've broken a covenant. So it is a different thing. You can commit adultery without committing sexual sin. You can you know, beat your wife. You can desert your family. You can, all of those are adulterous. So 
two different things there. And you had evil eye, I believe, and mm-hmm. um, the NIV calls it arrogance, which I think immediately the list of things God hates. Mm-hmm. He starts with a haughty look. Because you, you think about it, before I can mistreat anybody, I've got to lower their value to where they're not important. You know, um, that's, um, I'm going to let you talk because we've got, we've got about another three or four minutes and I've been talking too much. The, um, the contradiction between what goes in and, and uh, what comes out, you know, is, is, is really significantly important. They, they, when you come out of the Jewish tradition, they had certain certain dietary and yes, eating things a lot that not only were for the cleanliness of the nation, but some of us, some of them leaned t- toward their spiritual kind of life. And, and so you can kind of see not some of the pushback when, when Judaism opened up to Christianity because mm-hmm. they started with, we don't have to do this anymore. And they had done it all their, their life. And we can understand that sure. you, as you get older, nobody's trying to change all, all those kinds of things. And a new era was, was coming in. But, but thank God, the people that said, okay, well, I just can't get on the boat. God didn't write them off. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, it wasn't okay. Right. You, you don't stop, you know, this, that. He didn't write them off. He was saying, this is where this is going. Mm-hmm. You know, and come in. So it's not something, so don't worry about what you put in. Because they were worrying about eating this, the right kind of thing, eating certain things on certain days and stuff like that, as made them holy. Uh, now think of the church that says, okay. Uh, uh, if you don't have a, a specific name on your church that you go mm-hmm. to, you are not holy. Um, or if you have certain things in your name that are not supposed to be there, then you are not holy. Um, if you do not commune with unleavened bread and grape juice <laughs> or fruit of the vine, um, you are not holy. Uh, um, you know, if a woman uh, um, teaches in inside of a service, an official service, you are not holy. Okay, they all fall under that same thing, yep. what goes in, what comes, comes out. Um, now, for those of you, and, and I just mentioned a few things here, and there's a lot more that go in there, and you may be thinking, well, well I do, I try to do this, then the other. You, you don't, you don't don't go. You don't have to go through a fit. You, you know of, of oh my God, what am I? You don't have to go through. All you do is start moving moving forward. What you don't want to do is be controlled about what's going in you, worrying about the fact that if I don't absorb this, I don't understand this a certain kind of way, then you um, are not right with God, and God does not have a right relationship with you. You know, e- even if we took. Um, you said you had talked. You have talked about baptism, yes. you know, in a prior post that you made, and you do want to out there get that get that post. Make sure you look at. Uh, um, but when we talk, okay, maybe a better example is communities. You know, when 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 Paul is writing, he says, um, you know, some of you are, you know, whoever takes this in an unworthy manner. Yes. To this day. Um, we can't figure out exactly what what was he talking uh, um, uh, um, about. But in, in some cases, well, you don't have to worry about that. Just as long as it's unleavened bread you know, and fruit of mine. And then you go to another church, maybe even the same fellowship or another one, 
and that bread isn't the kind of unleavened <laughs> bread that you're looking at, yeah. you know. Or say that you visit um, an Orthodox, you know, church or a Catholic mm -hmm. church, and you have a priest that says, "Okay, I have the host, and I'm going to dip it in the wine mm -hmm. and put it on your tongue." And you know, but wait a minute, I, I did not take it <laughs> and and drink it, so therefore I'm, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm wrong. So we're getting caught up in that, uh, and I know some of you are grinding. I'm grinding through this because. When you're there for long enough in that, it becomes hard to say they're good and I'm good with that, you, you know. And if you have a problem, go visit over there, get what you can from service and then go, you know, to the, but, but don't run God's people down. That's what, what they're, they're getting about because they love the Lord, too. And if you feel that they're not as complete as you are, have grace on them, have some mercy on them and, and let them get on down you know, down the road, because you surely have found out or going to find out that you're not all that in a bag of chips, too. <laughs> you, you, you know, you, you got your stuff. And then some people <clears throat> always are willing to look at you and think that you're not as holy as they are, uh, um, which you have seen in our fellowship. When, oh, yeah. when the leaders in our fellowship get to fighting each other, oh, man, you, you're talking about a crazy show. Um, we're filming all this in, in Nashville, um, in downtown <laughs> Nashville, um, where the country music scene is really robust. It gets crazy down there. Some of the stuff we do in the church downtown has no backseat to that stuff that, that, we do to yeah. we, that we do to each other. And it all minimizes our walk with God and our faith. And I'm doing this, you know, to, to honor God. And, and that's good. There, there are certain things we got to work on and keep straight. But the other part, you know, is, is don't start making applications that are not consistent with the teaching of the truth of the text to show that you're different. Um, because we start saying who's out, and that is solely God. It is never us. And that's good. That's true. And our, our time has expired. I would just say thank you again for doing this with us. Um, be aware that this lesson continues, and you need to work on it. Uh, I've seen people fight over: Do we pray before we break the bed, or do we break the bread and pray? Uh, fight over one cup or many. I, instead of talking about, let's remember Jesus. And that's the thing. We fight over these little things and they defile us. Our attitudes need to be cleaner. We need to wash our attitudes. So we'll go do that. And we hope and pray that you've enjoyed being with us. We hope you're uh, having a safe holiday period as we go through the end of November and into December. Remember our safe harbor is here for you. We thank you for all of those of you who give to us and, and allow us to keep doing this. God bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. peace.